0: Ail Pravda Zalisetsa Nesminu. Enlightenment Radio, Rupo Vesomus Vidu. Z Vami 24 Godini Musiki, Prami Translaci Talmishtisni Pied de Visan Harista Pied Kas Mishtabnoi Podorozi, Toka Kong.
1: time again, Monday, we made it through up to December, the beginning of December. How did we ever get here? You know, you can skip December as far as I'm concerned. There is so much traffic out there, so much shoppers. Went to the grocery store yesterday. They were out of milk, out of milk. And you don't need a refrigerator anymore. Just set your milk out on the curb. It's 26 degrees, Okay. And it's, uh, it's a nice, uh, probably, what, 60 degrees here. This is your host, Misty Guide. You're listening to Enlightenment Radio. Hopefully, we have some, I would say, news that is favorable and some news that is sort of hard to figure out what's going on. But there's no, uh, there's no peace treaty. No uh, wigwams, Indians with peace treaties. Excuse me, Native Americans, no peace pipes. Okay, our first story is about the uh, retreat of the Russian army and how they are constantly on... uh, they're They're walking backwards, let's put it that way. They're walking backwards. They can't see where to go, what to do, and they just retreat and retreat. So we'll see what they have to say.
2: Hello, the Pioneer viewers. We are here again with a new report. We will soon convey to you the developments on the last day of the Russia Ukraine war. According to the latest reports, the fierce fighting between the Russian army and the Ukrainian army continues in positions on the Kherson and the Donetsk front line. We have often stated this in our previous reports. So we can say that today's report largely covers the latest developments on the Donetsk and the Kherson front lines. Before moving on to our report, we should also mention the following. The clashes on the Kherson axis seems to have reduced their intensity a little bit. It would not be wrong to say that this storm, which we mentioned in our previous reports, had an effect on this event. Let's also say that some mobilizations have started on the Bakhmut front line and the Zaprizia front line. So what is the latest situation on the front line in general? Let's examine the developments together. As the Pioneer team, we continue to bring the Russia-Ukraine war to your screens. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and turn on notifications so as not to miss our daily map reports and reports on the agenda. I also have a small request from you. You can support me and my teammates by using the super thanks button below the video. Thank you in advance for your support. Let's get started. The Pioneer reports. We begin by analyzing developments on the Kherson Front Line. For some time, the Zaprisia Front Line was usually the first part of our report. You could even say that the Zaprisia Front Line was the first in our reports throughout the Ukrainian counteroffensives. However, this is no longer the case. The Kherson Front Line is now the first place in our reports due to the great activity that started on the Kherson Front Line and gained a great momentum. As we mentioned at the beginning of our report, there was a calmness on the Kherson front line compared to the past days. The Krynky direction was an exception. The area was quite busy. Infantry units of both sides are engaged in the intensive counterattacks throughout Krynky. Russian sources report that the situation will change in the coming days in favor of the Russian armed forces. Therefore, some of the Russian special forces are reportedly deployed in the Poima Krynky direction. However, the region needs to be carefully monitored for a while longer. We think that everything that we can say for the moment would be a premature talk. The following days will bring new developments. Ukrainian bridgeheads on the eastern side of the Dnieper River all are still in the place. There are reports that the Ukrainian armed forces are also fortifying their positions in the region. However, these reports have not yet been verified. It is quite obvious that an apocalypse will break out in the region. What is not clear is when this apocalypse will occur. We don't think it will happen now because the positions of the Russian armed forces were heavily damaged in the storm. They need to recover a little more. The Ukrainian armed forces are also reinforcing the troops' stations in the region. The completion of these processes and the breaking of the storm will be simultaneous. Let us also briefly mention the Zaprisia front line. As you know, there is a stagnation in both of the Robotny sections and the Beholder section of the Zaprisia front line. In the Rebotny section, the Ukrainian armed forces continue to dominate the area. In addition, the Ukrainian armed forces continue their attempts to advance in the direction of Verbo. Let's recall quickly, the Ukrainian troops aim to reach an important crossroads here and move behind the Russian positions. At the moment, we do not observe any progress.
1: That's what I said, just stagnation, stagnation.
2: However, this pressure is not yet capable of breaking the defense lines of the Ukrainian armed forces. We observe that counter-conflicts take place in this region from time to time. However, there has not yet been any developments that would cause a border change. There is also a stagnation in the Beholder section of the Zyprezya front line. Russian attacks on Dostromyorsk and Yurkin regions continue. These attacks have already been going on for some time. Therefore, we can say that it has become a routine. However, no change of position.
1: She's using words like stagnation, routine, neutral. <laughs> it's really news, but it's not news, is what she's trying to say. Nothing is moving, and the storm is getting in their way, too. So, go on,
2: This ...has taken place in this region so far. We also see that mutual artillery shelling continues in the region. In particular, artillery units of the Ukrainian armed forces are targeting Russian positions in the direction of Priyutani. However, as we have stated, these attacks are not game changing attacks. They're just routine attacks.
1: Now it's not game changing. <laughs> let's continue our daily map report. Maybe by I picked the wrong the latest report.
2: Situation on the Donetsk front line. According to the latest reports, the Russian armed forces, supported by long range weapons on the Donetsk front line, attacked Marinka near Pervomotskoye, Severnoye, and the industrial zone southeast of Obdevka. In the industrial zone, in particular, the Russian armed forces made progress. This is already due to the transfer of the armored uh, vehicles of the 239th Russian Tanks Regiment to the area. As you know, all sources in the Russian army often complain about the lack of firepower of the Russian army. According to reports, the armored vehicles of the 239th Tanks Regiment Were sent from other regions. Therefore, it seems possible that we may lose a little more firepower of the Russian army in other areas outside of the Donetsk front line. In the coming days, the front lines outside of the Donetsk front line should be monitored more carefully. Following the shelling by the Ukrainian artillery, the Ukrainian armed forces launched a counterattack near Stepnoe. However, Ukrainian troops were unable to advance this area. The Russian armed forces continue to hold their current positions. However, we don't think that the Ukrainian army will give up here. Attempts to advance will resume after a short period of time. Now let's continue our daily map report by examining today's developments on the Bakhmut front line. According to the latest data from the region, Russian troops with artillery support tried to push Ukrainian troops out of the dominant hills northwest of the Klishchiivka. However, the Ukrainian armed forces managed to repel the attacks of the Russian armed forces by using the advantages of the dominant hills. Russian attacks near Furmov and Budobnovka were also repulsed by the Ukrainian defense forces. Let's continue with the Luhansk front line. In recent days, the Luhansk front line is also one of the areas of activities. According to the latest reports in the direction of Luhansk in the Serbiansky forest area near Dibrova, local counterattacks took place. Both sides failed to make any new gains during these clashes. The Russian armed forces, supported by artillery units, continued their offensive actions from the Orlinka direction and near Sinikivka.
1: Well, she's got a minute left there. My head is spinning. Nothing is going on, but she's talking about nothing and nothing. Oh, my head was spinning. So, if anybody can interpret, <clears throat> What's going on on that area, on that front? Send me a email. <laughs> I usually have really impacting stories. Like last week, the main ammo depot of Russia was blown up, cut the snake in half. I think that's why those tanks were coming from a long way away, to replace the uh, ammunition that the tanks that were there couldn't get to anymore. They didn't have any more ammunition. Anyway, I thought that would affect the war a lot more. Let's hear from Anya at the uh, Kiev Post to see what she can come up with some news and stop going in circles.
2: Russian soldiers are being killed and wounded at a rate unprecedented for the entire war, according to the latest statistics. The casualty rate is so high that Moscow's forces are suffering losses comparable to those of Imperial Russia during World War I. Yet recent comments from NATO chief Jens Stoltenberg suggest Russia has high tolerance for casualties, something Ukraine and its allies did not anticipate. And Putin does have two possible solutions to the massive losses of men, and both involve Russian women.
1: Was that the complete report? Boy, that sounded short. Let me check Yes. uh. That's enough of that. Betty Davis' eyes <laughs> pops in there. I thought I had a longer report than that from her. It sounded like she was cut off. So, but the—I uh, do know the, the bottom line is the Russian have experienced losses never before this since World War I. So, that's the good news for Ukraine, that they are suffering heavy losses. Here's another report we can go to.
0: Welcome to Oracle Eyes. Russia has lost its grip on the war with a succession of heavy defeats in response to the offensive launched by the Ukrainian army. While trench warfare is in full swing on most fronts in the Ukrainian war... One of the hottest spots in the Russian-Ukrainian war is the Kherson region. Ukrainian troops continue to weaken the enemy on the left bank of the Kherson region, inflicting serious losses. While the counterattack launched by Ukraine to regain the lost territories continues its effect in Kherson, which is Russia's stronghold, Russia has suffered another heavy blow. The Russian Defense Minister ordered the withdrawal of Russian troops from the southern Ukrainian port city of Kherson to the eastern bank of the Dnieper River. The Russian army, unable to overcome its frontline deadlock, is now looking for solutions in the face of the Ukrainian offensive. As you may recall, the Kherson administration, established by the Kremlin, has started to evacuate to the eastern bank of the Dnieper. Ukrainian forces continue to advance as part of a counter-offensive to recapture the region, which was one of the first areas captured by Russian troops in the war. Kiev forces are advancing in the south and east of the country, forcing the invading Russian troops to retreat. The Russian occupiers have begun to abandon their fronts and have also begun to withdraw all their military equipment. Ukraine's forcing Russia to withdraw has reduced Russia's operational tempo in the areas it controls— and has even become unable to provide self-defense. For Russia, the war is no longer sustainable. According to breaking information coming from the front line, Ukrainian forces liquidated senior Russian military leadership officials in the Kherson region. The Ukrainian army shot the Russians while they were meeting in a captured village in the Kherson region. Senior officials of the Russian army were eliminated. Yesterday, thanks to the information provided by the underground Tonight, and worried local race. residents, a blow was struck in the temporarily occupied village of Yuvalayn in the Kursan region at the building where the meeting of the invaders was held. It is known that as a result of successful actions, as the partisans noted, five Russian officers were liquidated. Russian local broadcasting channel citing sources, Yuvalayn in Kursan region. The publication gave the names of those killed and purged by the Russians at a meeting in Moscow. The publication claims that at least 17 occupiers were wounded with varying severity. Four officials from the occupation police were killed. The deputy chief of the department, 33-year-old police major Artur Junusov, 39-year-old police major Vladimir Novikov, who held the post of logistics chief 46-year-old senior police lieutenant Mergen Nimgurov, who operated in the illegal police in the occupied part of the territory, and 45-year-old police captain Sergei Novikov, who served as an inspector of juvenile affairs. The broadcasting channel also noted that among the injured are another deputy department head, 46-year-old police lieutenant Zana Kabirova, deputy head of the department, 44-year-old police lieutenant colonel Tatiana Trambovitskaya, head of the investigative department, 39-year-old former lieutenant colonel judge Amida Midalashvili, chief of police, 38-year-old police lieutenant colonel Dmitry Baranov, head of the chief of traffic police department, 37-year-old police captain Sergei Lysenkov, and others. At least five official vehicles were also damaged. The Ukrainian armed forces eliminated a large number of accompanying Russian logistical support points and armored vehicles, as well as the enemy's manpower. The Ukrainian army has intensified its attacks on the Russian army and other important facilities in the rear areas of the occupied Ukrainian territory and in the aggressor country, the Russian Federation. As you know, Ukrainian fighters regularly target enemy fortified positions with infantry, heavy equipment, ammunition depots, and trucks used by the Russians to transport ammunition, food, and troops to the front line. Almost every day, the AFU hits a number of Russian armored vehicles and logistical support vehicles. The occupiers' manpower has also been eliminated, and the shortage of ammunition and military supplies has reached a critical point. There is also panic in the ranks of the occupying forces due to the breakthrough of the Ukrainian armed forces in the left bank of the Kherson region. On the other hand, the Kremlin is betting on a war of attrition the West needs to decide on its support for Ukraine. The Bureau of the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe has set up a special committee on Ukrainian minors. Their abduction has already become an element of state policy for Moscow. At least 20,000 Ukrainian non-adult miners have been removed from the temporarily occupied territories of Ukraine, which the occupiers are trying to forcibly Russify. In the Russian Federation, Ukrainian minors are being renamed and illegally adopted. Even the family of Serhii Myronov, the chairman of the Russian state Duma's Fair Russia, for Truth Group, confiscated two miners from Ukraine. Although this is the name of the parliamentary group he chairs, there is neither justice nor truth in Myronov's actions. In Russia, half of the terms do not correspond to the reality the country lives in. The world sees and understands the magnitude of this problem. The International Criminal Court has issued a warrant for Vladimir Putin's arrest and illegal removal of Ukrainian minors, And the pressure from the world community on Russia is beginning to bear fruit. Many non-adult minors have already been brought home. The story of the already rescued Bohdan Yermokhin, who tried to escape on his own and was forced by the invaders to enter the Russian military register, has been widely publicized. The Ukrainian side expects PACE's special committee on Ukrainian non-adult minors to be an effective tool against the forcible transfer of underage Ukrainians to the Russian Federation and to contribute to Kiev's efforts to return non-adult minors abducted by Moscow to their homeland. Another major problem of this war is prisoner exchange. The process of prisoner exchange with the Russian Federation has been going on throughout the period of military aggression against Ukraine, But sometimes there are significant pauses due to apathy on the Russian side. To date, 48 prisoner exchanges have taken place, as part of which it was possible to return 2,198 military and civilian hostages from Russian captivity. After all, human life and freedom is the highest priority, so we can say that Ukraine is making maximum efforts to free its people from captivity. At the same time, it was also possible to return from Russian captivity those whom Moscow had no intention of handing over, namely the soldiers of the Azov National Guard Regiment, demonized by Russian propaganda for their heroic defense of Mariupol, convicted by Russian courts, and many others. Negotiations for change are always difficult and not public, as excessive agitation can frustrate all efforts on this sensitive issue. Kiev is ready to exchange thousands of captured Russian occupiers for whom more and more detention facilities need to be built on Ukrainian territory, but Moscow is in no hurry to receive them. Russia is deliberately blocking the exchange of new prisoners. In order to stop all these disappearances and deportations of Ukrainian non-adult minors to Russia and reduce the number of prisoners of war and persons missing as a result of hostilities to zero, it is necessary to stop Russian aggression and send Russian troops to the places where they are deployed. This requires an end to the war on condition that Russian troops return to the Russian Federation. However, Moscow is not interested in other options for ending the war than the complete defeat and destruction of the Ukrainian state. Moscow's talk of readiness for negotiations is nothing more than an attempt to mislead Ukraine and its allies in order to buy time. It seems that the Kremlin has also bet on a war of attrition. However, the Russian army has been so battered by the Ukrainian offensive that Russia's attrition strategy has been nothing more than a theory. At this point, it can be seen that Russian leader Vladimir Putin is pursuing miscalculations and strategies in the ongoing process, as he did in the Ukraine war. Thank you for following us, Mr. Wayne Frain,
1: Frain. Well, maybe somebody ought to uh, help Vladimir make some decisions that uh, are not his. <laughs> his decisions aren't seeming to do anything except delay. And maybe he maybe uh, he's going to. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do. He's stuck. They're both stuck. There's a quagmire in right now. And they might just stick around this quagmire all winter. Who knows? The spice expands consciousness.
2: Expands
3: consciousness. The music you're listening to is coming from Enlightenment Radio... Sound waves that lift your consciousness, enhance your mood, and transcends time and space. Visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com, where you'll be guided each level of transformation to become an enlightened one.
1: I could use that Dune spice right now, the spice melange from the planet Dune. Turn my eyes blue, wake me up. Here's another follow-up piece. Remember the uh, wife of the general that uh, Vladimir poisoned? Here's a follow-up on that from CNN.
0: Tonight, a desperate race against time. This is what's left of an apartment building after a deadly Russian missile strike series in eastern Ukraine. Crews searching for a family that may still be trapped inside the rubble that includes an eight-year-old girl. This video also showing a six-month-old boy named Eli who was rescued, given urgent medical care. This comes as the wife of Ukraine's top spy chief is also recovering after a suspected poisoning by Russia. It is the latest in a long list of enemies of the Russian leader Vladimir Putin, likely poisoned. Fred Pleitkin is out front.
3: Ukraine's military intelligence wages war in the shadows, but it is hitting the Russians hard, orchestrating cruise missile attacks on Vladimir Putin's Black Sea Fleet, ousting Moscow's forces from oil and gas drilling platforms off the coast of occupied Crimea in a daring amphibious assault, and attacking the Russian capital with long-distance combat drones while maintaining deniability. The man leading the intelligence service GUR is Kirill Budanov, one of Russia's most feared enemies. I appeal to Russian soldiers, to those who got lucky enough to survive in destroyed trenches, he recently said. It will be even worse. You have a choice, die or save your life. But now Ukraine believes the Russians may have struck back of saying Budanov's wife, Variana Budanova, has been poisoned by what they say is, quote, a heavy metal. A Ukrainian source telling CNN, Budanova tested positive for both arsenic and mercury poisoning. Ukrainian officials believe the Kremlin could be behind it, like the foreign minister right here on out front.
0: And definitely, our intelligence chief uh, is the enemy of Russia, as all of us are, all those who are fighting against Russia. So it's highly likely that Russia is is behind it.
3: Kremlin-controlled media already in a feeding frenzy, rejoicing in the news while seemingly brushing off the allegation.
2: Maybe she just broke a thermometer during one of the parties with her husband's colleagues. Not very sensational, but Ukrainians and their Western owners literally screamed from such news and began to blame Putin.
3: But in a different episode, they brought in a Russian parliamentarian accused of poisoning and killing a former Russian agent in London in 2006 to explain how it would be done.
2: What well, was something slipped in her tea and she
1: drank it. There's no other way to poison food and drink other than to
3: pour it in and slip it in somehow. In the past, the U.S. and others have accused Vladimir Putin of ordering poison attacks on his opponents. And few groups have enraged the Russian leader more than Ukraine's military intelligence led by Budanov, the former head of Ukraine's foreign intelligence, says.
4: I believe that this was a personal revenge from Putin, personal revenge for all the shame that the defense intelligence under the leadership of Budunov
3: have inflicted on him, shame that supersedes what Prigozhin has done to him. And, Aaron, the Kremlin hasn't issued direct denial of these allegations, but they do seem to be trying to brush them off as well. The Kremlin spokesman, Dmitry Peskov, he came out and he said, quote, Ukraine blames Russia for everything. All this, of course, as Karilla Budanov's wife is battling those effects of that poisoning. Aaron?
0: All right. Thank you very much, Fred Pleikin. <laughs>
1: not talking on there, has she? Huh? She's not talking on that. No, that's that's your music now. It's finished. But it was labeled. It, that's what I labeled it. Kim, Bangela Sophia song. That's what I labeled it, remember? Are you sure it's the, the proper... Uh, I don't think it's... You only had your... The... No, that's the, gotta be the song, but I'll tell you what. I, where did the one go that you did? It went to the desktop, right? Put it in the desktop? No, well, here it is right here. My bad. You put it because it's still the same. I'll play it later. Uh, okay. beautiful. I uh, hit the wrong button. Now I come on loud and clear. That was the beautiful hymn by Vangelis. Now let's hear it when done for Enlightenment Radio Station ID. are
3: radio седьмого света.
1: Well, we'll polish that up a little bit, but that's just another version. I thought it was kind of cool. Nice station break. So, if you're wondering what goes on in a soldier's mind, what goes on in the mind of constant battle, constant... You wonder... Well, I live another day. Well, I live to fight another day. And you sort of summarize your life. You sort of summarize your family at home. You miss them. You want to join them and be home with them. You want all this to be over with. And you want your life to go back to normal. That's all you can hope for. And pray to God that you can be in life eternal. Instead of just... Dust and bones. Well, on a slow news day, that's what we do. We play some music, get you up and moving around. That was, uh, we started off with Dust in the Wind, a song by Kansas. That's from back in the, oh, early 70s. And we went from there to uh, ELO, Bluebird. And then we did a Eye in the Sky by Alan Parsons. Let's do another Alan Parsons. This one is when we are standing on higher ground. We can see things a little different. the ultimate knowledge of body, soul, and spirit, and unlimited music 24-7. visit our website at enlightenment-radio.com. There you can journey through the mystical voyage and also view our schedule of programming. Thank you for listening. she's got that right spiritual beings lose this clay and fly away (laughs) thank you for listening to enlightenment radio today this has been your host mystic guide can't make the news exciting every day so i filled in with some music and i'll maybe i'll get out a few games a few uh comedy routines next time thank you all for listening we'll be back this same time tomorrow mystic Guide signing off with you at enlightenment radio goodbye